Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast, a show that looks at mysteries and the unexplained. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I look at something unexplained, telling a story or describing it, then look at the theories surrounding it. I won't give you any answers because I don't know them myself. I'll just give you what you need to decide for yourself. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. The episode this week is an unexplained phenomenon episode. This week, we're looking at the curious case of Mr. and Mrs. Cumpston. In December of 1873, Mrs. Martha Ann and Mr. Thomas B. Cumpston were staying at the Victoria Hotel in Bristol, England. The hotel was in the Clifton area of the city and they were planning on proceeding to Western Supermare the next morning. Strange things happened to them that night and they were terrified. Early in the evening, the Cumpstons were, he- were hearing strange noises through the walls of their room. Instead of letting it go, they went and spoke to the owner of the hotel, who had heard the noises. However, she sort of brushed it off. Eventually, the Cumpstons retired for the night and the sound seemed to have stopped. They were awoken around 3am when the noises began. They got out of bed almost right away and discovered that the floor felt like it was eroding beneath them. Mrs. Cumpston cried out for help, but their voices sounded like they were echoes and didn't travel very far. The floor continued to erode, pulling Mr. Cumpston into the chasm that was being revealed below. Mrs. Cumpston grabbed him and pulled him back to safety. She then asked her husband to fire his revolver at the people that they believed were trying to kill them. It was meant to scare these unseen attackers but woke up Mrs. Tung, the landlady of the hotel. She recalled hearing shouts of murder before the gunshots as well. Because of the thought and the perception that there were people in the room trying to kidnap or kill them, the couple escaped through the window, which was 12 feet above ground level. Somehow they managed to get away and found their way to the train station at around 4am. The night porter, Thomas Harker, had been in the booking office when he heard a commotion outside. The office door was forced open, and who should be on the other side? The Cumpstons. They had knocked on the window before opening the door, screaming about murder. Mr Harker went out to the platform, trying to figure out what was happening, and witnessed the Cumpstons going towards the express platform. He said that Mrs. Cumpston appeared excited and her hair was floating about. Neither of them, for obvious reasons, had covered up. But as soon as they noticed that Mr. Harker was on the platform, they rushed back to him. They told him that they had been in some kind of den waylaid by thieves. They said that they had tried to get out of their way and Mr. Harker couldn't figure out what they were talking about. He chose to take them into the office and get them by the fire to warm them up so that he could try and calm the situation down and make sense of it all. 
Here, they told him that they had been in one of the worst houses they had ever been in, filled with thieves and rogues. They had tried their best to fend for themselves. Mr Harker then took them to the station's waiting room, but they couldn't calm down. It appeared that they had thought that someone had been following them, probably with the intent to kill them. Mrs Cumpston asked Mr Harker to come and look at the waiting room to see if there was anybody there picking up the fire poker to protect herself. She told Mr Harker that her husband had a revolver. What the Cumpstons didn't know was that Mr Harker had sent one of the men at the station off to collect a policeman and while the man was gone, Mr Harker asked Mrs Cumpston exactly where she had been. She told him that she had been at the Victoria Hotel and Mr Harker assured her that she should have been safe there, in a respectable place. Nothing Mr Harker said would calm them down at all. Meanwhile, a police constable had been called to the Victoria Hotel at 5.25am and had heard about what had happened there. When he heard that the Cumpstons had left and most likely headed to the train station, he left to intercept them. When he got to the station, he found them in the waiting room with another policeman. Together, both policemen confiscated Mr Cumpston's revolver as well as three knives that he had somehow acquired. The mayor was involved in the subsequent investigations and asked Mr Harker if the Cumpstons could possibly have been drunk. Mr Harker told him that he didn't think so, but definitely thought that they were insane. The police interviewed the Cumpstons. Mr Cumpston asked if the police had seen the place that they fell down. The policeman said that he had not seen that. The Cumpstons were charged with disorderly conduct and taken to the police station. When questioned about the charges, Mr Cumpston spoke incoherently, to which Mrs Cumpston explained that he had a speech impediment. This was something that had never been mentioned previously. The police were told that the couple had travelled to Bristol with the intention of moving on to Western Supermare the next day. Mr Cumpston told the story of what happened to them in the hotel room. Mrs Cumpston was asked separately to give her version of the events. Her story sounded very similar and added that Mr Cumpston had fired his revolver a second time once the pair had gotten out of the building. When asked whether she had heard anything, she said that in the hotel room, she heard whispering and the repetition of their conversation echoed back to them. She also said that she could hear the floor shake. After the police made some enquiries, the Cumpstons were released from police custody and handed into the care of some friends in Gloucester. The next day, the pair were brought into the court for their arrest, a very quick turnover for the crime. Here is where Mr Harker was asked whether the couple were drunk. The court case was just a reiteration of the events of the night and nothing really came from it. The pair never experienced anything like that again. Thomas Cumpston died in 1893, leaving Martha with a lot of money. She later died in 1935. 
1873, the Compstons stayed in the Victoria Hotel in Bristol. In the night, something happened to them that sent them running. But what was it? A few people have some thoughts, and there are a couple of theories today. Our first theory is that the police said that the couple shared a hallucination. This was originally called a Clayton's explanation, which is where someone offers an explanation to something without actually giving an explanation. Usually, the idea that if more than one person has a hallucination, it would serve as proof that it wasn't actually a hallucination at all, right? Well, maybe not. Under intense emotional stimuli, people can hallucinate together. However, this isn't the case for the Cumpstons. They potentially suffered from a rare psychotic condition known as folie de. In order for this to work, one of the Cumpstons would have to be emotionally dominant and the pair would have had to have been socially isolated. We know that they weren't isolated because friends came to pick them up from the police station. We can't say for sure that one of them was emotionally dominant, though. In terms of psychosis, generally that causes auditory hallucinations, like the echoing of the conversation in the hotel room. But it doesn't explain away the floor falling away or the idea that the pair had ended up running for their lives from unseen brigands. The likely answer is that the pair were suffering from either sleep deprivation or it had been affected by psychedelic drugs. But even then, the possibility of the pair sharing a hallucination is very slim. There are a couple of instances of this sort of thing happening later on, though. In the 1940s, the vicar of Yelmpton, Devon, and his wife observed a large hole in the path of the churchyard. They threw stones down it, and they appeared to hit stonework down below, implying that the bottom was too deep to see. Then, when they went to go and get some planks to cover it, after returning, the hole had inexplicably disappeared. Even more recently, a student nurse was having having breakfast in her room when a hole appeared in the floor. She said that the hole took up most of the room and the edges looked like rock. She said that it was so deep that she couldn't see the bottom, and according to her story, a voice told her to jump into the hole, but she decided not to, and the hole suddenly vanished. These other cases don't yield much of an answer, at least not a mundane answer that can explain this away as some kind of delusion or hallucination. So what other explanation do we have? Our other theory today is that the Cumpstons and the other people who experienced these holes were seeing, and sometimes falling into, alternate dimensions. The problem with this idea is that it's all a little cryptic. The main part of the story involves the floor falling out from underneath them, and each subsequent story mentions that there was a hole in the ground. The differences in these stories are important though. The nurse and the Cumpstons heard voices, but the Cumpstons actually heard their conversation back to them. The student nurse and the reverend actually never went into the hole, but the Cumpstons seemingly fell in, either one or both of them depending on the version that you're looking at. It makes more sense 
for Mr. Cumston to be the only one to have fallen in, though, because Mrs. Cumston helped him to get back out of the hole so that they could get to the window. How do we manage a theory as big as that, though? Well, there are two options here. The first option is that the universe hit a sweet spot and it fell into another one. Could it have been flipped? Who knows? Mr. Compton didn't fall all the way in, and the only other thing to fall into one of these holes was a stone, which we can't ask because wherever it's landed is is gone. If it was an accidental opening, then it's a random chance and we can't really get any information from that. It does mean that we can write it off as a random occurrence though. The other side of this is that it was forced. But if that's the case, we have a whole different mystery on our hands. Who or what could be opening these rifts and why target these people? What have they done that meant that someone, perhaps from a different dimension, would want to pull them into a separate space? Either way, we may never know what caused the floor to open up underneath the Cumpstons that night in 1873. But I would be a poor investigator if I didn't tell you to ignore the whispers telling you to jump in if it happens to you. The story from this episode came from a post on r slash unresolved mysteries called The Strange Case of Mr. and Mrs. Cumpston, a Scary Carries article called The Strange Case of Mr. and Mrs. Thomas B. Cumpston, an article from newspapers.com with the original newspaper article, and a Bristol Post article found on pressreader.com. The theories from this episode came from an esoterics article called Safety Tips for Avoiding Interdimensional Abduction, and a Malcolm's Musing article called When the Floor Gapes Open. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Social media links are available using the link in the episode description. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and still plan to post short pieces of episodes on TikTok as well as putting the episodes on YouTube but that involves me having time to plan that properly. I have a Patreon but I'm still deciding what to post on it this season. There is a £3 tier if you want to support me anyway. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree and, as before, you are welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do that. My email address is also in the episode description if you want to send me spooky stories, unexplained events or even mysteries you want me to look at. If I get enough, I'll set up some listener episodes to read them. Please don't hesitate to email me if you have any corrections or issues with the things that I've said. Once I've seen the email, I will make sure to correct myself. This is the second and final one of the episodes that I never managed to release on time, and it was supposed to release this Wednesday. So, what I've done is I've recorded it and I've lumped it together with the other episode that I missed, and the creature feature for this week. I hope you enjoyed catching up while I had the time to be able to do that. As of next week, we'll be back to the original Uh, release order so the next one of these kinds of episodes is going to be on Wednesday so hold on until then (laughs) 